And a three, two, one, we're live. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to On the Wheeled, a one-of-a-kind podcast where you get to go behind the wheel with me and tune into some of the most spontaneous, authentic conversation with people from all over the world and from every walks of life. Join us as we delve into the incredible journey of Katrina, a local writer and director based in LA. In this episode, we explore Katrina's path to becoming a director. Her unwavering dedication to her craft and her investment in producing her own TV show productions, Katrina opened up about the challenges she faced as director, especially when taking on the responsibility of overseeing every aspect of productions. We dive deep into thought-provoking philosophical discussions, exploring how these concepts intersect with recent groundbreaking technology, such as ChatGPT, and its transformative impact on the writing and directing landscape. Tune in to gain insights into Katrina's creative process, her experiences, and the evolving role of technology in the world of storytelling. Without any further ado. Let us dive right into this episode with Katrina and I. Guys, we're here with Katrina Sabrell. Katrina, Katrina um, we met on Instagram, and she reached out, and so here we are in Katrina back backyard. Uh, very humble place, but we're going to have some really great conversations. So tune in and um, you know listen for the full conversations. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, introduce yourself a little bit. What what you're up to, your backgrounds and your work and skill set, and and about the TV series. What's going on? Yeah, so I'm a indie filmmaker, and I just uh, my first big project in lieu of a feature film. I decided to do an indie TV series. Mm. Um, so it's an anthology series. Each episode's a contained story. Mm. So I have four episodes right now. Three are out on streaming networks on Amazon Prime and Tubi. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Wow, yeah. that's a big step. Yeah, and then one's in post production right now, and I want to yeah. use it for season two. Mm. Um, so yeah, so just working on those. Um, and instead of a feature film, because I feel like feature films take such a long time for one story, and I feel mm. like I. Have a lot of story ideas. I want to get out there into the world. That I thought an anthology series would be best. Mm. So then it's very freeing being able to tell a contained story with each episode. Right. It's about like thirty minutes a piece. So. Thirty yeah. minutes a piece, and that's called an anthology. Mm-hmm. It's shorter. Uh, TV Con- yeah. contains um, episode. Yeah. So that does that mean that every episode, if I watch it, like say I don't watch the first one, I watch the third one, where I still understand yeah. the series. Okay. Yeah, because it's a completely different story and even like a different genre at times. Um, An anthology series can be per episode. Each story can be a different, um, each episode can be a different story or it could be an anthology, this whole series, like season one is a whole, like um, American Horror Story, season Mm -hmm. one is a whole uh, separate story and then season two is a whole nother story. Mm -hmm. They just have maybe like a common through line, which would be like horror, you know, for American Horror Story, so... Um, so yeah, this one's kind of similar to Black Mirror in the sense that each episode is a contained story. Mm, I love Black Mirror. Yeah. <laughs> that was like me. one of the first, bless you, that was like one of the first of its kind that I think we've known that does, that's a popular anthology series. Mm. Kind of put anthology series on the maps, I feel like. 
So what's your, like, how do you come up? Were you born and raised here in L.A.? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, born and raised here. Yeah, what's inspired you to become a filmmaker? What's your history? Um, you know, I think it comes, um, I'm definitely one of those people that always knew. Like, I always knew I wanted to be a filmmaker. I'd, I've never had any other aspirations um, besides being in the industry and being a filmmaker. Mm. So I've always knew since I was little, my dad had a, a home camera mm. that he would play with us and make movies. He would actually make movies with us, like legit movies. He would put production value oh, into really? it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd be like the little stars and stuff of oh. it. So I, I, that definitely gave me the bug. Um, and he would let me take this expensive camera, you know, and I would be able to go outside and play with my friends and tell them to be my movie. And I was like very serious too. I'm like, mm. this is going to be a movie. We're going to get this to Hollywood. Oh, wow. Like, at, you know, seven years old, mm. um, trying to get rally all the neighborhood kids to oh. be in my film and stuff. So That's it definitely so cool. was started very young. Um, and, I, and my dad just would let me take this expensive camera because we didn't come from, you know, a lot of money or anything mm. like that. So he would allow me to just take this and it cost you know you know probably back then it was like a thousand bucks but that was a lot of money yeah, back then yeah. too so he's they've always been super supportive my parents so just if they probably weren't so supportive i think i, I you know because it just takes so much as you know you're in the industry as well it mm. definitely takes a lot of blood sweat and, and tears it does. and I, I was listening to your story i didn't get to uh finish it with axel and you're talking about um your stunt and how you got into that yeah. and then i i was late last night so i fell asleep so i was like because <laughs> i know you moved here at 13. yeah i did um from vietnam and i think that's really amazing my my dad's uh, from argentina and he moved oh, yeah. here and i just met him there yeah was him. yeah okay so yeah. he inspired you yeah to yeah go into movies yeah okay. definitely and then, so what happened when did you start actually working honing your craft seriously and like yeah. this is what i want to do that's a good question because I feel like when you're a kid, you do it and you're serious, but then you kind of put it to the side and just, okay. you know, uh, move on with life in certain aspects. And I think I, um, it started coming back to me towards senior year of high school and then mm. I went to college for it. Um, and to, I went into filmmaking production and then got my master's in screenwriting. Wow. Um, initially, I was doing acting, you know, mm. I was doing acting a lot and I was thinking, oh, once I become an established actor, I'll have the power to, you to know, tell my stories direct and tell my stories as opposed to taking the direct path and just instantly writing and directing. Right. I think sometimes we have like a diversion maybe to def to maybe like protect ourselves in a way because if we get rejected with our, what scary. our true, you know, passion is, you know, mm. if we get rejected with acting, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's not mm. my true passion. Yeah. But um, but I think it was a blessing to learn acting techniques because then I can understand and communicate and, with actors mm -hmm, so and be you have experience both in front and behind the camera exactly and then so so when did you actually go into like okay I'm gonna go behind the camera now and start directing you know I feel like too late I, I was working I think I was working in the industry for a while and then I was also uh, making short films with friends and mm. stuff, but not very seriously. I feel like my first serious production mm. where I spent money on it, I hired a professional crew, which was only like three people, mm. but um, and even hired actors and stuff was like 27, I want to say. So that was like, I'm 33 now, so that would be like six years ago. Mm, okay. mm. And I wish I would have started more serious production sooner and invested okay. in my films, yeah. you know, because... But at the time I was, it's, you know, you're just making money in the industry and you're just worried about paying rent and stuff. Right. But, um, yeah, so that's what, 
think 27 and I just started making short film after mm. short film. Um, and then in 2020, um, I sold a script. Mm. So I made a lump sum of money and Whoa, I spent that. great. Thank you. And spend that on, <laughs> on production. Literally on, on um, this series and stuff. I and this is the series that you wrote. Mm. Tell us a little bit about the series. So the series is called Miscellanea. Um, yeah, and each episode, as I said, is a contained story. The first episode is Ghost Boyfriend. Mm. Um, it's about two girls that live in this apartment and they discover it's haunted so they mm. hire a medium oh, no. <laughs> they hire a medium to extract the ghosts only to discover the ghost is hot so that <laughs> of course it has to be hot yeah. no, okay. so then one of them pursues a relationship with the ghost and the conflict that's that interesting <laughs> how would that be like yeah okay I yeah mean. so the co there's conflicts with dating like a spiritual apparition mm. you know as opposed to like a physical human being and the conflicts that go with that but i think you know obviously it's um initially unrelatable because not a lot of people have had relationships with ghosts i don't know have right. you tried a relationship no, with I, I don't think i will i'm married so that would oh, be right. inappropriate that maybe be... not because it's not an actual person yeah maybe it's like there's like a no. <laughs> but you know the japanese people like they have relationship with their like anime character you know those, oh. those stories it's oh crazy. really yeah they oh. would get married with the like Wow. game anime character bizarre and it's like I a don't real recommend it, it's like is a wedding. real person yeah yeah wow. bizarre not gonna go there but anyway back to you no that's interesting because i wonder if they maintain a real relationship and an avatar relationship and if that because i feel like you're emotionally getting pulled in this direction and can you be if you don't emotionally invest completely in one person i think I they're mean, completely just... invested in it yeah yeah yeah, yeah wow yeah kind of crazy you should look into that i know that's, some inspiration. that's actually really interesting <laughs> yeah. so so then okay so that's first episode is ghost boyfriend mm -hmm. and then what do we have next for the next two yeah so the next to this uh second one um is called paulette and paulette. it's about um this one's a more grounded story about a girl that um is in a toxic relationship and discovers and is discovering the power of her femininity through pole mm. fitness. Mm. Um, I think pole fitness. Yeah. Controversy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I think back in um, times, you know, pole, fit, pole dancing and pole fitness have like maybe a bad connotation does, with yeah. stripping and right. stripping can maybe be looked at, looked down upon. Right. But I, th I wanted to explore maybe why does why do we look down upon this as mm. opposed to because um you know men flaunt their masculinity with with boxing and football and they get paid millions of dollars and when women flaunt their femininity and their sexuality through pole fitness it's maybe they're looked down upon you know whatever yeah. reason ah. that's happened through society right. it's interesting and you know and i think we're trying to get away from that and hopefully like let you know not pass judgment on anyone that decides to live their life a certain way mm. um so she she's she's very conservative grew up conservative has a very conservative mother um and you know kind of discovering her power through like mm. discovering pole fitness um so, so that's cool. a bit more of a grounded story mm. yeah. very interesting okay and then the, the third <laughs> have you ever tried to pull you know what my actually <laughs> one of my my friends i work in stunts and one of my friends her name is paid she's actually a badass pole dancer yes yeah, she's a stunt woman like badass fighter but also great like pole dancing she has like a whole setup at home oh i gotta show it yeah yes, i gotta I link to you yeah I um, would love she's to see it. she's amazing really 
like require a lot of strength. To be honest with you, I always talk about that as like, I'm like, wow, I'm so jealous <laughs> of the, the capacity to do that. Yeah. It takes so much strength and, mm -hmm. you know, it's very athletic. Very athletic, yeah. very hard, very athletic, not very, very painful to do initially too. Like it Whoa. just takes a lot of like strength, a lot of like skin friction because what's holding you on the pole is essentially your hey let's take a small break if you like this show don't forget to leave a rating and support me on my journey of creating this podcast thanks so much let's get back to the episode your skin and it, it hurts you know i think right. if you, anyone that's done monkey bars or anything you know i have <laughs> and you're I a stunt person so you can you can appreciate can athleticism relate. yeah just like stuff. old callous hands yeah. and stuff <laughs> so i got those yeah i, I bet wow so but, interesting okay but yeah yeah so um and the third episode is called nine lives um nine lives yeah Cat. yeah so it's about um it's about um this girl that's on her ninth and final life and is Whoa. getting help through her guardian angels, um, her team of guardian angels. And it's a little bit more of a spiritual piece. Mm. Um, I definitely believe like the pat about past lives and mm. stuff. And so she comes in contact with um, an antagonist in each life and keeps pulling her off her path of being a writer. Her, she's being a novelist, a writer. Mm -hmm. um, and she feels familiarity with him, mm. but she's not able to identify that it's pulling her in a negative way, as opposed to um, maybe a person that it's um, pulling her in the right way, you know, the, on her path, being on path. Mm. Um, you know, and we, I used, um, you know, a lover to personify being on path and not on path, as opposed to, because um, it's a little bit more hard using it, you know, touching grasp with spirituality and stuff mm. so it's easy to like personify things in writing and in film make it relatable too mm -hmm. to yeah people. Relatable. Wow. okay because i think anybody that's like you know i know that you're i think in our in your 30s and stuff too you're not yeah, too I'm young 30, yeah. yeah so i feel like through life you know when you're not on path and kind of doing things wrong and living your life a little wrong you tend to have like i think friends or people around you that maybe are reflecting definitely your bad definitely like, you've heard of like check your circle of friends yeah and like you are in, influenced by the five friends that you have mm. it's definitely the well i i do believe that the physical manifestations of our life is the projections of our inner world it has yeah. to be because yeah. that's how we relate which is through the inner world and yeah. so the external is the way we relate to people and the reality is the way that we are within so i do believe in that well so what are some of like what did it take you to get to a point to be able to produce and and um, and now have these series on these huge platforms? What was what was the journey to that? Well, it was definitely it's it, you know what's I think the difficult thing of the journey is um, you, there's definitely sacrifices I feel like as opposed to like when I made the money for the script, like I had the check, a cash check, I see the money in my bank account. How much account. was it? I, I can't say. Okay, I signed, fair I signed, enough, eh? I signed an NDA, <laughs> I okay, you know? Okay, fair enough. But I mean, I technically probably could, but I get nervous saying it anyways, because okay. of judgment and stuff, because instead of maybe like a normal human, brain to process that money would be like let me go save it let's put it in investment yeah right. investment property this that right. i instantly was like films like wow. i want to make films i don't think i would have felt good if i spent it on anything but my films wow. that's when you know you I love know. something <laughs> i right. know but it does it does make me like 
you know, like, oh, because, you know, I have to make sacrifice. I move home to live with my parents in mm. order to be able to spend this finance because films are very expensive. People, I don't think, that are not in the industry as as opposed to people that in the in industry don't understand how much a production costs, even massive, in the indie filmmaking Massive market. amount. Everything mm. add up. Every minute yeah, is so much money, minute. you know, like equipment, people's rate, you know, just food and right. just like just everything as that permits, insurance, just, it's definitely very expensive, but I, but I don't feel, I think it doesn't feel wrong for me to spend the money mm. that way, you know? And it just, shouldn't, yeah. it shouldn't. Thank I think you. a lot, I struggle with a lot of that, you know, I'm like, mm -hmm. why did I do that? Why did I invest money into that? And mm -hmm. I'm not doing it person like professionally. And I, when I look at myself, I'm like, I have no financial brain to like <laughs> make these calculation for finance and so on, investments yeah. and things. I just nourish my heart, my soul, you mm -hmm. know, there's something about not being like intellectually smart. I just living through the heart, as yeah. I mentioned it on the episode yeah, with Axel. Yeah, I heard that um, you said that. I can understand what you're saying, and I, told, I actually you. honor that. Thank yeah, you, thank you. You know, I really appreciate that, because I think when you're around creatives like yourself, I, I feel thank you for validating that, because it does get sensitive, like, if I mention it, 10 miles to be like, are you, like, yeah, can, you can mm. see there. And I'm very, um, maybe, like, empathetic, as a writer, and I can very, I can read people. I'm like, ooh, they're passing judgment, and then it makes me feel like, you know, insecure. Like, oh no, I just want you to know, like, I feel I'm gonna make it. Like, I'll be okay. Don't, cause they're worried for me, you know. Right, right. Like, no, I'm, I'm gonna be okay. But it's, it's hard to like say that, you know, when they have no. It's like, you know, when you see caterpillar, you don't know it's gonna be a, a butterfly. butterfly. Right, like, and that's something that I also realized. Like, how do you know? Like the future, it's every decision we make. Is, is then affects the future and, and it's, we can say that this decisions logically will make sense, but how do you know it doesn't take you to the grave? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right? You're, I mean, I right. know. And right. by the way, we're all going to the grave anyway. So might as well, the, the thing that I listen to a lot of self-help stuff, right? And mm. I'm into self-development. And the thing that people mentioned the most and the thing that made me think the most, like when you're on your deathbed, what regret do you have? Mm. Like, did I regret not spending that money on investing in something that I feel that is worth investment and yeah. I feel happy and excited about doing? Or, or am I just going to play it safe? You know, yeah. Like, follow the rest of the, the crew and the rest of what people of think society, is right. right? Right. Yeah. You know, and I did think of that. I thought of that too. I was like, when I'm on my deathbed, even if like I don't make it, I would regret not have trying. Mm -hmm. I had that lump sum. I would have regretted not have trying to put those into my films while I was young. I didn't have kids yet. I didn't have a family yet. So I would have regretted. Because when you have kids and a family, I'm sure that would be probably a different all, choice. Yeah. yeah. Right. You have responsibility. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's different for sure if, versus you're on your own, which is important. For you, at least, it, like to pursue these things, you need all your times and effort. Yeah. And so you say you're single at the moment? No, no I'm, well, we're, I just oh, got you, engaged. Oh, you are engaged. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Just got engaged like two days wow. ago. It's insane. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, How did so, that happen? Sidetrack. I know, totally off of track. track. It, it just happened two days ago. We were at a restaurant. 
Wow. And I, I was like, he was acting weird and I felt it, but I was like, I kept joking. I was like, are you going to propose? Is tonight the night? Whoa. And he's like, no, no. Because I feel like I can read people, but then I sometimes doubt myself and right. I even felt his pockets. I'm like, where's the ring? Oh my God. And then later he told me he got really nervous when I started filling his pockets because mm. it was actually in his other pocket, but oh I didn't my God. go to the other side. I was just messing around Whoa. with him, pulling his leg a little bit. And he did. He, and then, and then he, he jokes a lot. We, we have like a very joking relationship. Mm. He gets down and pretends to tie a shoe and oh, i'm like wow. oh. he's like i'm just tying my shoe but he does that <laughs> purpose like to joke Clever. so when he was down on his knee i was like babe stop like wow. i get the joke you've done it a million times and then he's like and then it was a ring box wow. and i was like oh my god so so yeah how, how, how is he with you creating and being a director and like investing all that money into did he know about it how long have you been together and how is he in terms of supporting you with yeah. the process he's very supportive like my parents they're so supportive they're like you know when i'm you know because i because it does cost a lot, of, a lot of money my last short film was probably the most expensive yeah. and i get you know i get scared sometimes i'm like oh my god but they they keep pushing me to do it like you got wow. this like because wow. i work you know and then after you're in post-production so you're working on your film and you're not on set making money. So, mm. you know, you feel like you're at a deficit already, right. you know, because right. you spent this much money. Now you're at a deficit working at home on this on this production as well. And he's very supportive. He's not like, you need to go, you know, make money and stuff. You know, he's not like that at all. He's wow. very supportive, which I'm grateful for. I do feel like God gave me like the perfect support system mm. because I feel like I'm very sensitive to other people's like if I'm hurting you know, if I'm not making money and it's affecting you, I feel like it would be like, okay, let me go get, uh, you know, this nine to five or something. And I feel like right. it would take me off path. Right. So I feel like God aligned me with like the right people to keep me pushing forward and on path, you know, mm, wow. as opposed to like diverting and stuff. But I think, I think I'm very blessed in that way. But I mean, yeah, lucky you. That's really you, difficult you. to come by because usually the people around you are the one that weigh you down, right? Yeah. And it's like, hey, what are you doing with your life? And you should, I mean, that was part of my experience with going to stunts. You know, my parent was like afraid that I'd get hurt. I'm like, how are you mm. going to make money? Yeah. And they all, they come from the village. So they're like, how are you going to make money with that? And my whole family, when they see me, they think I'm crazy. <laughs> and it was, it was painful. Yeah. It was painful. Yeah. And it's, it's, I assume like can affect, you know, your day to day decisions and your mood because you feel like these people close to you, you're hurting. Right. I think, I think that would be hard. I think that would be hard. It would definitely, you know, I feel like that, that could probably push me to like divert from path, you know, a little bit. Mm. Um, but even like society, you know, does affect me and I have to like, you know, I have to like align myself and know that I'm like, pushing forward for this big dream you know i'm not working a regular because i lived around here so a lot of people are working more regular nine to fives as opposed to la which is kind of like nice to get away from the la hustle of you know different different people but then also they don't understand you know what you're doing either they're like what are you doing like mm. they don't understand it as much so then i feel it then and it could be how do you like how do you deal with that when people doubt you and people ask you those questions and judge you for what you do and think that you're crazy for investing all of these money and effort and time into like something that might not necessarily come true for them at least from their perspective from their perspective because yeah. they're they're living a different like uh reality yeah. maybe more logical as opposed to this dreaming reality you know but 
But people that live in our reality where we're chasing these big dreams, it ha we see it all the time. Like I'm, I've been in the industry for, for a while. You see people finally get to their goal mm. and you're just like so inspired. Like, wow, I knew them when, you know, they were just still struggling artists, you know? Yeah. So it happens all the time. So I think, I think um, definitely like my family support. Mm. <laughs> like I'll talk to my mom, my dad, or my boyfriend, my fiance now. Um, it helps me because I feel like initially affects me. Mm -hmm. I, I have to be honest, it gets to me. I'm like, I, they just think I'm just like this weirdo, this loser, mm -hmm. you know? So I, it does get to me sometimes a little bit. Well, yeah. I won't lie that, it, it, that I'm the strong, it you does. know? It does get, get to all of us. Yeah. At some point, we always have that like doubts inside, you know? Mm -hmm. but to have a strong support system and people who believe in you and actually want the best for you, which is... You know, sometimes like when parents say they want the best for you, they're saying they want you to do what they think is best for you. <laughs> yeah. That's different from like you should do what you think is best for you by following your heart. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's a difficult thing to have and lucky you, you have that. So Yeah, um, but I amazing. have to say, I think I, I think I still, it's still it's a struggle sometimes, you know. It will continue to be. Yeah. I think so. And I think that we continue. That's why having a support system and having a way to deal with that and having a clear vision um, is important to ground yeah. us, you know, and guide us. So, well, let's take us to another, um, let's get back onto track here talking about this because, you know, there might be people who are watching that is on the path that you were before. Yeah. Right? Like people who are um, actually now just getting into you know directings and trying to get shows and trying to write and create and so mm. what can you share that can help those people that is along that path getting to where you already been yeah you know um like how to how to move forward with like writing and directing your yeah, project writing directings and get their projects onto amazon onto different platform publishers and and get to where you where you are. You already went on a long journey. Yeah, so definitely, man. That Credit. journey, you know, someone else is walking right now yeah. as they're watching this or listening to this. Yeah. And whoever it is, what do you? I think I think when you first start creating films, I think um, for me, I you see like these stories where these people create these short films and then just gets in the Sundance and it's mm. like their first film, and and. You know, um, I think when you create a film, you are you sometimes doesn't always come out the way you want to, especially when you're first creating it mm. um, at a different level. Like when you start creating with your friends and you get to a place where you know how to get it to the level that you want it to. And then when I started hiring crews and stuff, there's a lot of moving parts mm. and there's things that you have to let go as a part of your vision and let it evolve into something you you didn't see originally. For example? Um, like when you have to, there's going to be times where you have, to, like you have your shot list and something's not working in this sh shot list. Mm. Um, so I think initially I would cut things that still needed to be in mm. and leave things that didn't need to be in. It's mm. like an in intuition you, I feel like, develop. I think you can develop into it you as you do more films because you'll know okay this is what can be cut this is what can this what can be adjusted because mm. when you start adjusting one thing initially then you're like oh then i can adjust this this and then the story gets wonky mm. and then it doesn't come out the way 
the way you stuck to it. So then your next one, you're like, okay, I'm going to stick to everything. But then it doesn't come out because you weren't flexible enough. There's like mm. this little like... Fine line to yeah, walk. Yeah, okay. fine line. And I think um, on this latest production, we ha I had this vision for these... the. Um, the, for the main character and her mm. antagonist character mm. that's her cousin yeah. but um is also like a part of her so they go you know their separate ways in life is the reflection so she gets in the cop car mm. and goes off and she gets into her parents car and goes off you know um they're going two separate ways in life so i really wanted it to be like the shot to be like here and her driving off right mm. and then turn around get that shot of them driving off and her looking in the back catching their face face reflection of them looking at each other and then parting ways and you know get a shot here of their the cars leaving you know so that was my vision and mm. this is very was like very um a huge part of the story it's a very visual element to reflect what's you know you know the climax and going into the resolution of the story and we the shot wasn't working mm. like we couldn't get the shot the lighting this we're losing sun mm. you know we had we're at, we're shooting at you know we're in the sun setting you have very limited time right. before the light changes and it's going to be really hard to create the light because right. we don't have a ton of equipment we have a we have a gaffer with a truck that has equipment but it's like it's still hard to recreate you know right. the light that it was before right. um especially with such a wider shot too so it was like we had to make a decision and we're all talking about it mm. and the uh, gaffer made a suggestion of getting inside the car getting the shot of the reverse of the car driving away from this angle from inside the car you know and then through the rear i don't know if i'm explaining it right yeah okay yeah. through the rear view mirror we're uh -huh. getting the car drive driving off. away mm -hmm. right and i was like i was like mm, i don't know if that's gonna work you know mm. and we got in there and it, it looked really good mm. i was like so it's like adjusting little things like that because right. that my vision for you know sometimes you create a story with specific images in your head it's like this is the image and this is what makes you go through the story because the image is very strong to you mm. so then adjusting that image that initially got you that far it's is like difficult. it's difficult it right. was super difficult but it wasn't working and I, I was like oh no no is this the is this where i'm gonna you know because a visual element that's so strong that carried you through the story feels like this needs to be in the story you know and i and i do a lot of reading and and so i can't remember where i read this but he's saying um he had to let go his original vision mm. and it made the story and it's like an oscar-winning script wow. i have to remember where what book i read this from okay. so it helped me i'm like okay you know in the moment to be like okay this is adjusting mm. and it works it works just as well if not better probably oh wow so, so what do you say you would say to a filmmaker who's doing what you're doing is that the capacity to be flexible and adapt to the situations and mm. being able to walk that lines of what knowing what to let go and what, not, what to not, let go. not to because sometimes you know um, when you're too rigid when you start getting a little flexible I think maybe uh, can be similar to maybe like for me like when you're on a diet you're like okay let me just have a little bit a little bit here right. a little bit there and then it's just like then, okay just, you're binging and now right. it's just like you lost you so how, how do you so walk like, that fine line though I think I think the best advice I could give is to just go out and do it and then you'll start learning when it can you just it mm. becomes an instinct almost mm. you know I think similar to uh, when you ha when you develop an athletic skill right. um, it just like you it just all lines and you just know how to get in that position mm. you know if you start thinking like okay I got to put my hand here my body here right. then you start getting too much in your head right. becomes like like when you get a new move in you know in an athletic 
uh, situation, it becomes almost intuitive. You know how to get your body there, right. I guess. Right, and, and that's, what I, that's what I talk about a lot, actually. It's, I study this and philosophers such as Alan Watts, he talk about this capacity. Well, we don't run our bodily function with our oh, conscious yeah. brain, right? Yeah. We, we, the, the, the intelligence that run our heart is the intelligence that you talk about, which is the intuitive capacity mm -hmm. to feel the decisions and to know when, but can't quite explain it. Just like, I just know that that's, I can let go of that. And so it doesn't require conscious thinking anymore. Yeah, it's more intuitive. And it comes, I think anyone can gain it. It just comes with practice, I feel like. It if, does. If yeah. your heart's in it, I think it just comes with practice. It's a basic process of brushing your teeth, you know, mm -hmm. teaching kids. Oh, yeah. You, you don't have to think about brushing your teeth anymore, yeah. but the kids who just learn how to do it, they have to think about it. And that's a human capacity. And we have to learn to trust that. Mm -hmm. And that, you, like you said, it come with practice, it mm -hmm. come. Let's take a small break to avoid listening fatigue. Did you know that I have an Instagram channel? Please follow and support. There's lots of information and updates on that channel. So let's get back to the episode. With, with more exposure to certain arts and so mm -hmm. on. Okay. That's and I think the helpful. first films I think I made weren't very, like, I don't think they came out they didn't come out the way I wanted. I wouldn't describe mm. them as very good, you know? Yeah. The first ones with my production <coughs> team, I'm like, oh, that one's a little wonky. And it's still mm. on my YouTube channel too, because, you know, I think I would love people to see the progression. You know, initially I think people would want to like hide the ones that right. didn't come out very Usually well. I do want to, <laughs> you know, like look at my previous posts and stuff, I'm like, what was I thinking? Because <laughs> it is, it's like, there's a lot of little mistakes, right. and you're like, oh, but it's like, I want to see the progression. You know, right. I want people to see the progression. So I think when people make their first films, not to get discouraged and just keep going because it's it's a practice and it's an expensive art, you know, it's expensive It, it is and I commend you for being able to continue <laughs> to invest in it and pursue it. Um, you know, working with James Cameron on, on yes. the sets of Avatar, that's one of the quality that I think that make him the director that he is, is the capacity to trust his intuitive mm. um, directions mm -hmm. right because he will come to set and he'll go this just doesn't feel right just try it another set and the set they spend like three four days building <laughs> now but he got to a point where, where he, he can, can afford to do that it's still slow down productions and so on mm -hmm. but you know having that ability to be so sure and trust that intuitive like guidance is that very powerful very fun it seems like you are developing that and learning to trust that more yeah i definitely feel like i'm developing and getting better each time and i think and i think that's what just comes with practice so yeah. that's why i'm like don't give up if that's if it's in your heart just keep going because the first one it might not come out a sundance winner like right. you know you envisioned initially is that your goal to win no i don't think it's actually my, my what's your goal. ultimate goal um, definitely to get like a deal with HBO where I can HBO. keep creating mm -hmm. my content and keep okay. creating my films, but be supported, you know, financially. yeah, financially yes. to be able to do that, to write and direct. What would it take to do that? Um, I, I'm not, I wonder that too. I'm, I'm trying to figure that out too. What, what can I do to get to the next Ask step? Where chat I get... GPT. <laughs> <laughs> is that like a, what is that? Is chat that a... GPT is a new AI, AI. technologies is a language based model that is blowing up the world right now. I can ask it that question. How do I make movies that I, how can I create shows or, uh, establish, um, deal with HBO and it will tell you step by step Shut what to up. do. 
Yes. Oh my god, I, mean, I want to know. <laughs> yeah, look, look at it. Um, let me see what hold up. Actually. That's insane. Okay. Because so, I've been hearing this chat GPT, but I haven't. It can really... write you scripts. I know. Like, I've heard movie scripts and stuff. Okay, let's let us see if that's the case. So all the cameras they're looking good. Here we go. So let's start a new chat here, right? Let's do point four. Now you ask that question. How can I get a deal with HBO to write and direct my own shows? You guys, we're testing out this ChatGPT text with Katrina. What does it say here? To secure a deal with a company like HB to indirectly write your own shows, you'll need to oh, follow. We, we ha we, it's oh, it's wrong yeah. at HB, so it's HBO, right? Yeah. So we got to fix, we have a little bit of a HBO. And then direct. Yeah. So indirect. To write and direct. Should I put films instead? Direct my TV show? My yeah. Film. Right. And write and direct my own TV show? Yeah. Okay. We should it's still writing, so <laughs> let's wait for it for a second. Okay. okay. Secure meeting. Negotiate okay, so a deal. Okay, so let's see. Okay, Sounds so pretty in line. How can I get a deal with HBO and to, HBO to be able to write and direct my own TV mm -hmm. show? Okay. See, getting a deal with HBO to write and direct your own TV show is a challenging, but not <laughs> Impossible endeavor. Here are some steps to help you work toward this goal. Develop your skill, gain experiences in writing, directing, either through formal education, workshops, or self-taught methods. Build a strong foundation in storytelling, script writing, and filmmaking technique. Ooh. Create a strong portfolio. Produce and direct short films, web series, or other creative projects to showcase your talents and unique voice. This will help you gain credibility okay. and demonstrate your skills and potential collaborators and employers. Okay. okay. Hey, Fair. makes sense. Network, attend industry events, film festival, and workshop to meet professionals in the entertainment industry. Networking lead to potential collaborators, mentorships, or job opportunity. Okay. Makes sense. Research HBO content. Familiarize yourself with HBO programs, brands, and target audience. This will help you tailor your pitch to their needs and preferences. <laughs> Develop a compelling pitch. Create a well-crafted pitch for your TV show idea, including a logline, synopsis, character descriptions, Episodes outlined in visual presentations such as mood board or concept art. Make sure your ideas is original, engaging, and aligned with HBO brand. Fine representation. Consider securing agent or manager to specialize in television to help you navigate industry and pitch your project to a network like HBO. Submit your work to HBO. Sometimes has open submissions for a script writer and director. Keep an eye on their website and social media for opportunity and be prepared to submit your work when the time comes. Participate in competitions and fellowship. Competition like the HBOA Access, writing fellowships and similar programs offer emerging talents opportunity to develop their skills and potentially gain exposure to HBO executive. Be persistent and adaptable. Getting a deal with HBO is a competitive process and it may take time. Be prepared to face with rejections and be open to open feedback. Continue to refine your skills and pitch and be ready to seize the opportunity when they arise. Remember, there 
is no one size fit all approach breaking into the industry, but by following these steps and remain persistent, persistent, you increase your chances of getting noticed and ultimately securing deal with HBO. <laughs> That's insane. You have that an outline. That is so true. That is like steps of like, oh, okay, okay, got yeah. there. Check, 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 oh, check, check. Do, so where are you in that. this process? Okay, so I definitely one and two. I've, I've studied. Went yeah. to school, developed yeah. my skills. Right. I have a portfolio now. Okay. So I network. I have, I have, you know, a little bit of network. I can network okay. more. Right. Um, so you, what you can do is you can do this. You can go into each point and ask deeper question. How do I network? Where do I network? Who I need yeah. to network with? What kind of network technique? I'm, I'm not good at networking. What can I do yeah, to, in, to yeah, strengthen my good. network, right? And mm. you can ask it into every single details. Yeah, because it it's go. crazy because it's like HBO has sometimes open submission processes and Did also you know submit to. I didn't know that they have open submission, right. which is crazy. But I've heard of this. But if I didn't hear of it, how valuable, you know, right. that is, you know, right. so even like you saying, go into the networking app deeper questions that's probably because networking yeah. is not my strong suit you can you even know? ask like financing and any question yeah. that this technology is going to empower you so much yeah on what you're doing write me a script well, give you me ideas about this i'm thinking about this idea about this what are some of the potential ideas to approach this mm. write me a short like 10 paragraphs of this so i can start working on this it's it's amazing wow. it's fascinating it's changing and revolutionizing a lot of industry right now that's insane yeah, yeah. How, so this is more of like a logical step-by-step step. i wonder how it would be with like a creative process though let's, let's talk about it let's <laughs> what kind of create right now ask talk like you any ideas and ask it to write an essay for you paragraph for you or whatever like a, like a creative story yeah create any anything any idea um um a dog that gets lost from home and ask it what do you want it to do can you write a story about a dog that gets lost from home? Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay, here we go. You're going to be mind blown with this. Okay, so guys, we're, we're looking at ChatGPT and here how it can help Katrina with her ideas and stuff. And the question to ChatGPT is, can you write a story about a dog that gets lost from home? Let's see. Use default mode. Okay, here we go. Yeah, you, oh you read it for yourself and see what you think. Should I read out loud? Yeah. yeah. Once upon a time, there was a happy-go-lucky dog named Max. Max was a friendly, adventurous pup who loved to play and explore the world around him. One day, while Max was playing in the park with his owner, he saw a squirrel. Couldn't resist the urge to chase it. Oh, this is so crazy. Max ran and ran until he lost sight of the squirrel. When he finally stopped to realize he was lost, he looked around, but nothing looked familiar. Max barked and barked, hoping someone would hear him, but no one did. As night fell, Max became scared and hungry. He wandered aimlessly through the streets, searching his way back home. Eventually, he stumbled. Oh my God, this is so crazy. Because I actually did write a film like this, and it's actually following a similar step um, that I, that's in yeah, the film. Structure, yeah, structure, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so we was lost and took him in. The woman gave him food and water, and Max felt grateful for her kindness. Over the next few days, Max stayed with the woman, but he missed his home and his owner. He longed to be reunited with them. The woman tried to help Max find his owner by posting flyers and checking for any lost dog reports, but no one seemed to be looking for him. Days turned into weeks and Max started to lose hope. He missed his owner so much that he would often whine in his sleep. But then one day a miracle happened. As a woman was taking Max for a walk, she saw a familiar face in the distance. It was Max's owner. 
Max barked and wagged his tail, and his owner ran towards him, tears streaming down her face. She hugged him tightly, and Max knew he was finally back home. From that day on, Max never wandered too far from his owner's side, and he knew that no matter how far he roamed, his true home was and always with his loving owner. Oh my god, this is insane. That's a little bit scary for like creatives now. Now I know why what everyone's so scared about because I'm like, oh, it's not going to replace a creative process. If so, that is a little bit scary. Let's think about the potential instead of the of yeah. the the fear part. Yeah. How is it potentially going to help you now that you know? Because the question I ask you is, how do you approach your creative writing process now that you know this kind of stuff? Exist. And what that are is you something going... that the outline would be something I would follow, you mm. know, too. That would be something I would have created out of my own head initially because I think, you know, how, if you've read, um, have you read A Writer's Journey? No, I it's haven't. A, it's about saying that, you know, all stories, how that, it's like similar, like it's about the hero's journey and just saying mm. that all stories come from, we all have like this one mind and we know how stories go. Mm. That he even asks like a little kid to tell the story and mm. they just, automatically knew the story structures without studying writing mm. so it's just like innate in us of right. the structure of stories you know so it's like just takes away the structuring the story yourself essentially you know mm. like I guess. so what what do you think that now this kind of technology exists as a writer creative person what do you think about this so i don't know i'm a little scared now i understand what people are talking about because i was like mm. oh it's not going to replace Create, but can it replace? Well, did writers? the calculator replace like mathematicians? Yes, yeah. mathematicians, scientists. scientists. That's true. That's right. true. That's true. I think fear comes like with radio. Uh, when TV came, they feared radio, you know, but it's like, look, radio has reinvented into what is a podcast now, yeah. you know, radio's still around even today. So you're right, not to be scared, but I'm like, damn, that well, kind of blew my mind. Well, that's, that's, that's a good thing to think about because there is. There is that side to it. I think there is... Look, we live in a duality, world of duality, okay? That is fact. There's day and there's night. Yeah. There's up, there's down. There is fear and there's joy. There is anxiety and there is equanimity. Mm -hmm. There is... There is... So the fear always exists if we look at it. We look for it. Right? If I look for like the fucked up things in life, in the world, yeah. I will find plenty of that. Yeah. Right? If, if I look for the beautiful That's things true. in life, I will also find, find plenty, plenty of that. So with this kind of technology, it's like for me, when first social media, I was like, social media is evil, it, so on and so on. And for years and years, I would not take the opportunity of new technologies to do the work that is helpful. The example is very simple. A knife exists. Are you going to cook or are you going to kill with it? No, it's very true. It's very true. And I think social media is a really good reflection because I think that we're like, I'm older, you know, so mm. social media is like this, you know, we started a little bit later in life. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think when we're more millennials or when these new social media come out, we're, it's harder for us to adapt initially. We're just like, we don't need social media. Social media is, you know, we're above, we're artists. And I think that's actually a way for us to actually hide the fact that we're not adaptable. Mm. We're not adaptable to new technology. What's separate, like an old person to a new, like to young kids? Mm -hmm. Their capacity to be with the trends. Who make the most, like, money? Recently, there's a trend of, like, Snapchat. 
Snapchat was spending hundreds of million dollars for people to pay people to make content. Every day they give out one million dollars for people to post 10, 7 second video. And kids are making hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Not to say that that's, you know, just but for example, in terms of talking about people speaking of, even myself included, it's like, oh, social media is bad, these new platforms are bad, and but I think it's my way of hiding the fact that I'm not being adaptable. Mm. I'm not being in the forefront of technologies because technology is evolving so fast. Yeah. If we don't adapt and if we don't leverage it, we're going to be out of the game. Yeah. It's there anyway. Yeah. We don't use it, we're going to fall behind. We are. It's so Sorry. true. I mean, what does James Cameron doing? He's pushing technologies at the forefront. Yeah. Right? He has creating new mm. technologies to make movies. Mm-hmm. So I think from my perspective, it is I always now I look at this as a help or rather than a hinder. And I'm communicating with the technology to ask it what are the potential applications mm. of you existing? Mm. No, crazy. I'm asking, it's like, how can I use you to leverage you <laughs> yeah. as a technology? What yeah. can I do? Yeah. And I'm exploring different ideas and so on. And so. That's amazing. Yeah. I know. I think, you know, I think I was kind of, and I, it might go with artists. Like, we're mm. like, we're artists. We don't need to, you know, use social media you know, as a, as a tool, but I think we could use it as a tool. And I think I was really, I really love old Hollywood. I definitely want to create a movie in old Hollywood at Sunday, mm. but I love reading about old Hollywood. And when talkies came in, directors and actors pre-talkies, you know, in silent film era, a lot of them could not adapt mm. to sound. They couldn't because their voice, you know, they had accents. They There's a lot of, you know, logistical nightmare for people to adapt to sound now mm. as opposed to talkies so people couldn't adapt and those people ended up just going out of the game they're like i don't need to adjust i'm right. i'm a talkie because they were talkie stars they yeah. were stars right. but now they had an accent and there was stars that would go and learn how to have an english you know have a more you know because back then they wanted english you know as opposed to accents now are, are acceptable and loved but back then it was like to to adjust to learn english to not have an accent and and some stars would be like you know what, i'm gonna do it and mm. those actually succeeded the ones that didn't adapt ended up being broke you know because right. they didn't adjust their lifestyle as well right. so it is kind of crazy and i'm like damn i read that i was like ooh, t- what is the what is that today i'm like ooh, that's social media that's yeah. technology yeah you know and that's what we we can you know tell ourselves we don't need to do that you know, but it, but it, because we say we're artists, but I think, how do you get over maybe, I think with me, it's like, feels very narcissistic sometimes, mm. you know, like, oh, I'm posting a picture of myself here or talking mm. about my project here. Sometimes it can feel narcissistic. I feel like that's trying to get over, like, maybe, you know, that's what social media. How do you get over that? I don't know. I'm asking you, how should I? <laughs> What's intention. Your mm. Intention. What's some intentions, you know? Yeah. I'm sharing this with joys, love, and to uplift and empower, or am I, you know, we know our intentions, or am I trying to look cool here? Like, <laughs> like or yeah. I'm just like showing off. Yeah. Like really, it comes back to examining our intention, really. Mm. Um, and how do we, how do we identify that? And I think we all know, you know, mm. inside our heart, we know, it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm trying to show off. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, we we'll, won't we'll post that or, mm. you know, try to think again about that. And even crazy, you can use this to actually do descriptions and write um, descriptions and, wow. and write hashtags and you just copy and paste it over. Wow, yeah, so yeah. insane. It's a powerful tool. 
Yeah, because that takes time. Social media takes time. Like captioning, you know, and all that. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. And there's AI technology, which I use now to edit photos, which Mm -hmm. like if you take multiple photos, you can like copy and paste. It's so easy now. Oh, really? As opposed to Photoshop was back in the day when I was like a freelance photographer. Mm -hmm. You had to redo and even if it's the same background and now they it's just like it's crazy how much time it wasn't even that long ago i feel like Mm. i was doing freelance like eight years ago now it's like you just copy and paste the attributes you know from the previous picture you just get the sky right and if it's the same picture you can pretty much adjust so AI technology is so well then let's let's leeway that into directing and filmmaking is that with all this changing landscape of technologies and social media platform ai technologies to help with writing scripts and like come up with ideas and stories and so on where do you see your how are you adapting to this first of all and where do you see that in your creative process Hmm, that's a good question i feel like that's the first time i've seen that it could do that the story i initially assumed oh it can't really get creative which was probably just an ignorant assumption because i didn't want to maybe do the work to figure out what is this new technology mm. but that's crazy i don't i feel like it would be cool to use that to outline and to get maybe a story structure but then it feels like am i am i being am is it am i is it coming from me now or does mm. it feel it feels like i'm taking advantage of this machine and saying it's my own, you know? Well, only if you see... Now, that's come to uh, philosophical discussions. Mm -hmm. And I want to mention that because... We we only feel this way if we see see that a separation between me and the rest of the world, right? But the thing is, like, without this, this... earth that to walk on how can i exist mm. how can any like can you walk on an exist in an earth that doesn't have earth yeah like, can you can you exist so we start separating ourselves because yeah we're moving like the tree would definitely know that it is connected because mm-hmm. it's rooted to the grounds and it's like part of the same landmass. yeah right but somehow because we can walk that we say what's the difference between a bird net and a human home Mm. the birds build its nets, build its home. How come we call a home artificial and a bird net natural? Mm. So how, do, how are we separate? Every, everything, like the camera, is an extension of ourself. The, 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 this technology is an extension of our own capacity. Yeah. But it's just the organic structure cannot like tap into the things that we can tap into with external tools. Yeah. But because it's not like attached to my body, yeah. it is now considered something different for me. Yeah. So for me, the, the cameras or the cell phones or the social media or the air or the tree, they're, they're no different than us mm-hmm. whatsoever. Yeah. So then understanding that really bring me at least like reliefs in terms of like, what, what do you mean is me? How do you know your thoughts yours? <laughs> That's Just true. Just because it comes from your own brain. Every single thought probably come either collectively through cultural conditioning. Yeah. How many thoughts that has been put in your mind yeah. by movie? Even the thought of making movie, was it yours to begin yeah. with? Who knows? So, you know? Right. I feel like I was born with it, but you know, I, who knows, you know? <laughs> right, so those, those are the things that to be, since you mentioned it, is is to be thought about um 
Here's another short break to make sure we don't have listening fatigue. Don't forget to leave a rating, follow my work on Instagram, and support. Other than that, let's get back to the episode. You know whether these, like, what is mine and what is not mine.、Mm. I mean, obviously, there's like a trademark and copyright element to it, but philosophically, when we look at it from that perspective. Everything is an extensions of our own human capacity and brain.、Mm-hmm. So these tools, if we use it with intention, now it comes back to intention. I think、mm-hmm. it's like, what is my intention of being here today? Yeah. What is my intention of using ChatGPT? Am I going to use it to to generate?、Um, I can ask it right now. How do I like? Well, it will say no, but I can go around <laughs> it and like, how do I create、uh, an attack on somebody? How、yeah. do I do malicious things on the internet? How do、yeah. I? And I can go around it and and find out, which is back to can I use? Will I use a knife to cook good food and serve people,、mm-hmm. or will I use it to kill, kill people? Kill somebody, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for you. Filmmaking, yeah. So you gotta think about it. Be like, okay, so let us get back to filmmaking and your creative process. How do you go into your creative process? Like, where do you get all these ideas for stories, and what what helps you with that? I feel like you know. I do feel like it, it just comes to me. It comes to me usually on between when I'm waking up from. You know, from sleep to before、mm. I'm fully awake.、Mm. I think people call that. There's a name for that where they feel. But for some people, I lucid. Think well, yeah, lucid. It's lucid, lucid dreaming, and then also,、um, is this sleep? It's where you feel like some people get panicked because their body feels paralyzed, but、mm. their mind is awake, kind of thing.、Mm. Um, but it's very peaceful for me,、mm. and I I can't move initially, but I have like this. You know, usually like the story I dreamt it, and now it's kind of coming to me in a way that I could write it, you know,、mm. and make it into a film. So it kind of comes to me like in my unconscious. I want to say,、yeah. I feel like you know, as corny, you know, as it sounds, I do feel like a higher power kind of gifts it to me.、Mm. You know, I don't, you know, I don't ever feel like maybe it's my own. I don't feel,、uh, you know, like this is my story. I do feel like it's like gifted to me, like it comes in form to me, and then I usually write it out. Um, so you know, I write them all out. I feel like stories. I write outlines and stuff, and then you know, I will leave it alone sometimes, and then and then I'll get back to it. You know, it comes and goes. You know, with what story I want to work、mm. on. What about these, like actual one that you have created it in film, and、um, and now is finished? How did you get to that point? To creating it,、yeah. I think、um, I've had these ideas and was working on these ideas for quite some time since like grad school, since before. And、um, when I'm looking for maybe indie film ideas that I can make on a low budget,、mm. I come with these ideas that I like and figure out maybe a way I can make it low budget, and that's how I kind of created them. So I do have like a higher concept, bigger budget for each of these stories,、mm. you know. But then I figured out how to dial it down for indie filmmaking purposes. Um, but the the goal would be like if、um, you know with networking and producer contacts, I also have like a higher concept form of it too.、Mm. And is that how, the way to go? Is like you have to adapt it so that it can become budget friendly. Yeah. And so on. Yeah, there's there's different ways you can dial it down. You know, you can make it one location,、um, or if you don't want to use one location and use multiple locations, then you would have to just use like shoot at a time that's like mostly. 
overcast, mm. you know, then you would have to go with the, with the gods and hopefully the weather would be right. I think the best time if you want to shoot outside in multiple locations with a low budget would be, you know, during winter months because the sun is a little bit lower. There's a lot more clouds in the sky mm, as opposed to shooting. Okay. You can't shoot outside in the summer as easily. It's going to create a lot of like a lot of harsh lighting and, you know, equipment you'd have to use to diffuse it um, to make it more cinematic. So, so just going like just certain things you could do to make it more indie depending on uh, what you want to give up and what you don't, you know? Okay. Days trying to get everything in order. Mm. So many tiny details that you need to get aligned as a one person, you know, like doing I'm in pre-production by myself. You what know? was the thing that you were responsible for in pre-productions? Um, so permits, locations, crew casting and crewing the production, as well as like props, catering. Whoa. I know I'm just doing it. I'm just aligning everything Whoa. myself. So it's very, very like, I'm like having like 14 hour days, just like getting everything in order, you wow. know? Um, and, and it's, it's a little bit of a, a little scary sometimes, mm. you know, right before, before you go on set. Oh, I think we have a squirrel. Oh no, it's a lizard. Oh, um, right before you go on set. Cause one little thing can, can really throw off the production. If like the catering somehow got, got messed up. Now we're, you know, breaking lunch and now everyone's got to wait for, you know, or if somebody doesn't show up is like a big fear of mine for some reason. Mm. I'm really scared like one crew member, one cast doesn't show up because it really would affect the that, whole production. That, that's all it takes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And it'd be like all this for one person, like maybe just decides, you know what? Not today. Yeah. <laughs> Not today. Or, or just get stuck on this street something happened sprained an ankle or yeah. i don't know what god that's know like what my biggest fear i don't know why but so that's that's really scary but mm. but nothing bad's ever happened that couldn't have been adjusted you know um and there's times where i didn't use a permit so my big fear is that being kicked out of a <laughs> spot oh my god being kicked out of a spot you know and, and i have like a fake permit ready to go i'm ready to like flash the fake permit get some more time get the <laughs> tips, shot you get tipped <laughs> you know I, i'm like oh well how would they know if it's a fake permit because you know what? i actually heard this on a master class um by this director, uh -huh. he was in another country and he faked a permit. Oh wow! And the the cops looked at it and be like, okay. okay. Yeah. And he was able to finish shooting. Whoa. And he, I was like, dang! In another country, I'd be a little scared because then I don't know the. Could you go to jail in this right. other country? Probably you would. I know. I'm not even sure if if we'd get how much in trouble. Probably we got in trouble right. too. Because right, right. but um, but that's like I'm like, well, I'll get in trouble later and just get the shot wow. for today because I think it would take. In my mind, I feel like the process of them figuring out if it's fake or not would take a while. Yeah. So then I could at least finish the shoot, you know. Wow. <laughs> and then, then what else? Actually, um, being on set. And uh, then, you know, then also I'm producing the project. So yeah. I'm being a director, producer, and get and having all the moving parts and stuff. Wow. So that can be difficult. But um, on the day, I'm very, I feel like, in the zone. You know, I'm so you've just, done all the preparations, mm -hmm. right? And every little detail. So I think also planning for just like little details that could go if this. Okay, if this doesn't work out, what would be like having like all the, you know, having things prepared in case mm. things go a certain way, having like a little bit of a backup, not so much where, you know, your mind fixates on it and you, ac you accidentally maybe manifest it, you know, wow. I think there's like a fine line, right, to figure that out. But but yeah, I think pre-production is probably the hardest. That's where I'm like the most stressed. I'm scared. Mm. I'm wow. a little nervous. I'm hoping everything aligns. A lot of money's on the line too right. for just like one day, wow. you know? So 
pre-production is pretty scary but then when you shoot and you get home with the cards you know and you like go to the computer you're so tired from lack of sleep but you see the images like these cinematic images yeah. it's like very fulfilling that is where the dopamine yeah kind of rushes it's out. like where it feels it feels so good yeah and you're like Nope, right back on the computer. I want to do some more and you just crash. <laughs> but let me edit now. Yeah, like, right. Know, that like excitement. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what, what are some of the way that you deal with the stress that come up in, in pre-productions and throughout the process? Mm, I feel like I talk, I talk it out like okay. my, my parents. Yeah. They're like my biggest support system. Um, or my fiance, you know, now because we've been together for a year. But before I just relied really heavily on um, talking it out to my parents. Like, mm. I feel like once I talk it out, I feel a sense of release. Yeah. It's like the way I process stress is like, once I talk it out, then I feel a little lighter. Because right. now I shared this burden and they helped me, even if we didn't figure out a solution, I feel, I don't know why I think holding it in for me, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, service me. It but... doesn't serve anybody. Oh, really? You gotta find a way to let it out <laughs> somehow. Okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with all, why, why, why do you go through all this stress? Why do you go through all these anxiety? <laughs> wear so many hat, mm -hmm. invest all the money you receive from writing your scripts mm -hmm. into this, and you don't even see. What well, do you see a clear future for yourself? Um, I do. I feel like I, I feel like I want to be open. I, I wonder that too. If I need to have a specific or just be open i don't know i'm just asking like <laughs> what drive you what drive you to get to to like tolerate and experience all of this anxiety mm, and stress that's to good. continue to pursue this i think you know getting audience reactions very very fulfilling it feels mm. when you premiere your project and it and it does well <laughs> it's very fulfilling even when it doesn't do well because i've had I've had shorts where it was not meant to be comedy and everyone was laughing at a very dramatic moment. Mm. <laughs> it stings, but it also very is like ignites me. I'm like, okay, the next one, I'm going to get it. I'm going right. to, I know where I went wrong on this one. I know mm. what happened, why it went that way, you know? Right. And I, and I feel more like, oh, I'm going to, this next one, it's going to knock everyone out of the water. Mm. Um, I really, you know, I think it's like, I really want to reach a global audience with my stories. I just really want to touch people, make them, even if it's, it's just like, like make them laugh, escapism, uh, scare them. I just love to to like you know get those evoke those emotions from audience. It's very mm. it's very fulfilling. It's very mm. especially when you have a very good audience reaction. My like my last one, Ghost Boyfriend, premiered, um, and it was a big audience, and it had such an amazing reaction. Oh, it was wow. so fulfilling. It was like all this hard work that I got went through wow. and it, it premiered really well and actually very scary right before the premiere because you're uh -huh. very scared because you're casting crew seeing it for the first time right they put you know their time into it and right. you're just like want to you want them to be happy with it too it's, right. you want you know and then even this one that's going to premiere soon yeah I would love for you to come I would love to but yeah I'm very scared because there's also a lot of people you know donate their time mm. um locations like two people let me their oh, use their houses, wow. um, finances, people uh, put their money into this project. So now I'm even like, you know, it needs to hopefully that's the goal is like to the, and that's what's nerve wracking too. So, so I don't, you know, like putting yourself through that stress. I think you ask yourself that until you reach, until you get to like your achievement. And then it feels so rewarding. Like JLo before the Super Bowl set was like, 
she was so stressed. She's like, why do I do this to myself? I don't need to do this to myself anymore. Like yeah. she was so, you know, worried. And and I really related to that because I think that happens. Maybe it makes us feel alive. <laughs> I know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it makes us feel alive. Like why? I ask myself, like, why did I go on the street and jump off buildings and I do flips and yeah. stuff? And like, well, you know, it's it's probably like, why do extreme sport athletes like do extreme do, sport? Why do. do they like clam free clams up on the side of the mountains yeah. and clam up? And I think it makes us feel alive. Yeah. It makes us, these, all these anxiety and things make us like show us that we are alive. And yeah. Can, like to feel also feeling of conquering things, something about yeah. that, like overcoming obstacles. challenges. And, and I think and we're growing. yeah we're not supposed to be like flatlining through life we're we we crave like this adrenaline rush and maybe that's what it we is we want it we yeah. want that rush we want that you know rushes of, of dopamines and we want those challenges yeah, yeah do you get do you get scared right before you're about to do maybe like a big stunt like for yeah, your was, life maybe but you know here's the thing I heard a few things about that right because scare what is scare scare is Am I going to die? An adjective. <laughs> hmm. Right? An adjective to describe yeah. something, an energy, right? So that same energy could be perceived as, whoa, I'm ready, rather than I'm scared. Mm. Because I heard this perspective from, from a coach, well, like world-renowned coach, Tony Robbins. Yeah. And he told the story of two public speakers going onto a stage to, to speak. The first person... Um, he asked, what happened before you going onto stage? And she responded, well, you know, my hands get, palm gets sweaties and mm -hmm. uh, my heart beat faster and, and I get nervous. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't allow me to speak properly and so on. And then he asked another speaker and he said, yes, my palms get, you know, sweaties and I get um, my heart rate beat faster and I get a little sweaty and I know <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, uh, mm. and that's really interesting because the wow. same energy could mean very different thing to different people. It depends on how we perceive it. Perceive it. It's right. your perception. Right. Because most of the time, actually, we never look at it. But this is part of, of my philosophical study, which is the reality, seeing reality as it is. I cannot drink the word water. If I speak the word water, it will not quench my thirst. Yeah. I have to drink the actual water. Yeah. And so through experience, and so an experience might be different for, for everybody. It depends mm. on how we label it. And so for you, you know, it might not be nerve-wracking. It might be an amazing feeling. This is what I'm looking for. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we, we label it as a scare things, mm. right? Could be anxiety, but anxiety might be something else. Mm. Yeah. That's a good point to change your perception on it to yeah. help, and that would help fuel you. I think so. It's yeah. no longer like when we feel the same thing. Well, talk about, for example, the other day, I, I had a live performance for uh, yes, Jedi. Yes, I saw see, that. I so saw the that. Jedi, it was like so cool. Miles O'Neill birthday yeah. party, right? Yeah. And um, I was hired to choreograph actions and oh, live wow. performs, right? So I perform on it, but during the whole process, there is this feelings of, 
I can say that it is anxiety. It's like, did I do enough? <laughs> did I do it enough? Yeah. I, like, I need to rehearse. I need to make sure that the wardrobe is right. Make sure that the lightsaber came in the right time. Make sure we choreographed it. We have to make sure we adapt to the stage when we get there. Yeah. But something different about this time, that it wasn't anxiety. I didn't feel, when I feel that, I actually knew that I was feeling that and I actually relaxes my body. And rather than be laboring mm. at anxious, I actually go, oh, I need to rehearse a little more. I need to think a little more. I need to sit down and visualize it a little more. And so mm. it wasn't anxiety. It was a feeling of feedback that allowed me to do a better job by preparing more mm. until I don't feel that anymore. I need to, oh, I need to rehearse more with my partner so then I feel more confident. So mm. I didn't treat it as anxiety at all. That's I didn't even label smart, it. Yeah. 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 And so that was my experience recently with that. And I think that is a really huge insight for me, at least, in approaching new endeavor and challenges and so on. Mm -hmm. To really see, like, is this anxiety? Is this stress? Or is it telling me that I need to do something? I need to prepare more. I need to talk to more yeah. people. I need to, and then trust more too. Yeah. And so on. There's a faith part of it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Because when I'm prepping, I'm, I'm feeling anxious because, and then when I go do something, like maybe like do an extra step, then I feel a little less. So mm. you're right. So maybe there's like a way to really perceive it differently mm -hmm. as opposed to your anxiety is trying to just tell and you And use something. that energy to mm. fuel you rather than to yeah like pull you down no that's so right. smart that's right. so smart on pre-production yeah for, for and i think for on production i don't have time to like you know feed into my anxieties i'm really like i'm really good under pressure mm. you know but when i have time like as in pre-production you know you feel a little more i don't know it's just like i feel like i'm good when it's like when i'm under pressure when you like, get there onto yeah, the set yeah, yeah. Exactly, but leading up to it, I get anxious and this and that, so. Okay, well yeah. good, we went into that. So how does it feel now that things are premiering and things are getting in line? Do you feel more confidence on the path that you're traveling toward? What, what is the, the feeling now that these are being premieres? And really excited, I'm really excited for this one because yeah. I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears. I bet. I, have a, <laughs> I feel like everyone's really gonna love this one. That's, mm. that's my, you know, goal. And I have a feature script for it. So yeah. I really, I'm ready for this to go to the next level. Mm. So I'm excited for the future and I'm, I'm confident, but then mm. I get a little nervous to be confident, but I, I feel, I feel really good of what's coming next. Right. I feel like, I feel like it's coming. I feel like the next steps are coming, coming along. And so, so the plan is to, if this get picked up or a lot of tractions, then it will be financing the, the feature. The feature, yeah. Ah, feature length okay. version would be okay. the goal. Um, so each story is 30 minutes in my series, which also like my other, you know, which my other goal would be for somebody to pick it up for mm, a feature length. For features. You know, yeah. For and a you have script, full script for all of those three episodes to be um, able to expand into features? For or? two of them. For two of them, two. I don't really visualize a longer piece. Mm, so it was okay. kind of more of a contained story. Um, that I don't really have um, enough story for it or enough. Um, so maybe. which one is it that the one that's have the feature script for? Um, Nine Lives. Nine Lives. And um, this one, this coming one up. Um, yeah, I feel like Nine Lives can be expanded further. Okay. So. And so this is the fourth episode that's coming up to premiere. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So when? 
Um, I want to premiere it probably in the next month. Next month. Yeah. Is it open to publics at all? People yeah, it'll want... be um, at the Chinese Theater. Chinese Theater. Mm -hmm. and it'll How be do open. people get to it? Um, I haven't um, submitted it yet, but usually I go through Indie Night Film Festival okay. and they have like a really good premiere um, process for indie filmmakers, which I love. It's okay. not like, very expensive. You're at the Chinese Theater and then people can just go online and buy a ticket and okay. things like that. But well, um, I'll have a ticket for you. Yeah, please. If you would like to, to come. I would love to bring my wife. Oh, and yes. Love, yeah. Yes. I would love, I would love, love that. How long have you been married for? Uh, five years now. Wow. Yeah, Did you guys meet in LA? Um, On Avatar. Odd Avatar? Yeah, oh my god, that's yeah. such a cool love story. It was beautiful. That's amazing. So what's the secret to the secret, five year? The secret is just, I mean, just we struggle a lot too. Yeah. Um, I think we just figure it out along the way, try to work with each other and just go back to like, you know, we really authentically love each other mm -hmm. aside from the differences and the, and the quarrels and mm -hmm. all the stuff. When we really calm down and sit down and look at each other, yeah, we really do love. Like there's so much love and joy mm -hmm. when we spend time with one another. I think just being reminded of that. And yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Is she so, stunt does stunts no, as well? No, she's uh, a wedding photographer. Oh, she's, okay, cool. Does wedding photography now. Cool. That's amazing. All right. Um, see what else? Anything else you want to share about the projects? What's coming up? Where are you at? What do you What are you looking for? Is if there's somebody hearing this and what What do you need support in? Yeah. So um, follow Miscellanea. You can follow it on miscellanea.tv on Instagram or TikTok um, or miscellanea.tv on the website to check it out. Um, and you can find it on Prime or Tubi. Just type in Miscellanea. Miscellanea. Um, yeah, it's M-I-S-C-E-L-L-A-N-E-A. -E um, yeah, and I'm giving away free T-shirts um, for people that review it on Primer Tubi. Cool, so, I'm going to review it. Let yeah, me get a free T-shirt. And I'll mail you free T-shirts. So. <laughs> okay. so that's the promo right now. So great, yeah, so great. check it out. I would love that. So Wonderful. for everyone to check it out and, and give indie filmmaking a shot. Because mm. I think um, indie filmmaking has has can tell stories in a way different way maybe than we're used to seeing right. through studios so why um i think through studios there's very a formulaic approach with not a lot of um you know uh creative creativity as as a part of something new or something mm. you know adaptive so i think indie filmmaking with our restrictions we can be very creative creative in the restrictions yeah. so i feel like there's something fun different we could get with indie filmmaking as opposed to like studio right. films you know because then you have more creative control over that yep. you edit yourself and the mm -hmm. studio is putting hundreds of millions of investment so, it's a business. so they need it to be structured in a way that's already proven yeah it's exactly. really difficult especially to give new director mm -hmm. come up director like full creative control it's something that you got to earn yeah and that is and another prove. battle yep. yourself yeah so yeah indie filmmaking come on yeah go <laughs> indie filmmaking. Yeah. congratulations thank you so much i'd um you know you know thank you for doing something that's so difficult thank you putting all your heart and your love into it <laughs> thank you oprah has a very beautiful quote um she said that instead of asking the world what it needs look at what you're good at mm. and just do that do mm. invest all your time and effort in doing what you love mm. and that 
that is what the world need. Mm. Need more people who do what they love and follow their passions. Mm -hmm. The world don't need more people to cater to what it needs. It, yeah. It needs more people who love what they do. Yeah. Enjoy it and mm. willing to pursue it. Yeah. Despite all the challenges. Yeah. And, and I think that's beautiful. So I want to honor you. Thank you. I want to acknowledge you. Thank you. Doing that. I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to reaching out and inviting me to to come here and and have a conversation with you. So now at the end of the um, interview or the podcast, I usually fire a bunch of spontaneous questions. Oh, oh. hi. Yeah, so you can answer it um, one sentence. You don't have to do a lot. You can even answer it in one word. Okay. Spontaneous and um, as it come to you. Okay. okay. Let's see. Rapid oh, fire. This is rolling. Let me. Roll this camera one more time. Kind of got turned off here. Rapid fire. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. I'm exhausted. No problem. Okay. So, what is the meaning of life? Ooh, we guys ask some hard ass questions. Um. Hmm. What is me? I feel like it's such a good For question. Mm, family. Mm, okay. What's your purpose in life? Filmmaking. Who's the most important person in your life? Mm, say my family. Is that like, could I like group it? Yeah, yeah. Um, what brings you the most fulfillment in life? Um, Filmmaking. <laughs> it's like family, filmmaking, family, filmmaking. <laughs> Not a lot of variety um, there. If you were to, or would you want to leave a legacy behind? And if yes, if so, what is it? Um, yes, of course, I would love to leave a legacy behind. Um, I, th I would love to tell stories in, in a way we haven't seen before. Mm. Um, you know, when we see like a new story and it creates a whole different wave of cinema, a whole different way of thinking, of processing um, entertainment and storytelling, I would love to like contribute to that, you know, mm. new wave. Because we're, we're used to the structure that we've seen for, for many decades now. So I would love to like bring forth a new wave of, of storytelling, yeah. Mm. Maybe ask. ChatGPT, how do I, I revolutionize <laughs> the filmmaking storytelling process? Yeah, they might uh, have it for me. <laughs> and the last question is if you were to distill all of your experience as an, a filmmaker to this point um, and share it with upcoming filmmakers and people who are walking your same path, what would that be? Like what would I share? What would you share as a, as an advice? Distill it in in the essence of what you have learned mm. along your way. Um, I think experience is key. I think getting ex more experience as you do each each uh, film, you become better and better. So I feel like I feel like I would advise that to filmmakers that. You can get better with experience mm. and practice. Um, yeah, that would be 
Yeah. <laughs> great, great, wonderful. So people can follow you on at Miscellaneous TV. Miscellanea. 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 Yeah. TV. And then your personal Instagram page. My, my personal is Master Contender. Master Contender. Yeah. 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 And then I'll post it on my Instagram page too. Yeah. But yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. So I have one question that's been sitting in my mind that I wanted to ask you. Okay. Yeah. But we can ask off camera or sure, should I just ask? You can just ask. Yeah. Okay. Um, I remember you said this is like early into the conversation mm. about your, you know, like my, my thing is getting over maybe like, you know, what thoughts. You know, and it's a struggle, mm. but I was wondering how did you, or if you are still working on that, because I know your family wasn't maybe supportive into stunts, you mm -hmm. know, because they're just, they're thinking of, of trying to protect you as opposed to maybe it would make you unhappy to try to follow what they would envision for you. Yeah. And now you get to chase this amazing dream, look like you were on Avatar. So how did you overcome that? I just didn't give a shit about what other people were <laughs> saying. <laughs> I love that. Because when, when you're so like, <laughs> absorbed by something that you love so much, mm. nothing matters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nobody's saying anything. You just like blocked it out, mm. which is, I think, could be a downfall. But in my case, it helps. Yeah. Because it was just like, I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> I just hear that I need to work harder I need to train harder and mm -hmm. I enjoyed it so much I would just do it anyway yeah and, and nothing and I never think about even making money out of it and that's the craziest thing wow I never even think about making money it was just stunt was like the thing that come that show itself after mm. like I've already been on the path because my goal wasn't that I mean it's nice to have a goal you know it's you'll get there better but like I said the story of my life has always been a kind of a magic and you know people always talk about have a goal clarity I like to wonder and I like to <laughs> to find out what's there and yeah. like find out a new thing and be surprised and discover um, but yet there there is a way to do that without being so blocked to life because life is so magical you know mm -hmm. um, if we just like have our eyes on the trophy then that's all there is to life and we yeah. don't really give life chances to show us the mm, magic of it yeah you know mm -hmm. so that's for me it was just that because the pool is so strong but for other people i think listen to your heart you know mm. and that's a hard thing to say like i don't know what my heart is saying i don't mm -hmm. even know but just examine like go back to being like if you were to be honest with yourself would you be happy working in nine to fives and would you be happy mm -hmm. doing something right yeah so i be think miserable just come back to that and tr learn to trust that yeah and it's a practice that's true yeah. that's beautiful yeah thank you yeah, you're welcome thank you <laughs> thank you so yeah, much for so having welcome. me i appreciate yeah. you so much you're welcome thank you that's it for today's episode i hope you enjoyed it don't forget to leave a rating and turn on your apple podcast notification for weekly release feel free to share this podcast with others who might also enjoyed it if you're looking for ways to connect my instagram handle is in the descriptions also there are plenty of contents for your viewing so please feel free to check it out i'm looking forward to seeing you on the next episode of on the wheel and this is your host jim signing out